Do you long to embody mindfulness and compassion in your parenting life? Yeah, me too. Welcome to Mindfully Parenting Atypical Kids. Let's go on this journey together. Hi, Megan. Thank you so much Hi. for joining me today. Uh, so we're, I have a plan today. Uh, I love chatting and um, just talking with parents, especially parents that uh, really get it, right? <laughs> who uh, might also have atypical kids, might have intense kids, and um, and get the get the challenges that I have been going through or I have gone through myself, and also um, who aren't aren't gonna judge. <laughs> and it's always really nice to just talk. Today, um, I wanted to do something different. So I actually came up with a little more of a plan. All right, so this is a process. And if, you're, if you want, you can get um, paper and a pen. We're gonna go through and I'm actually gonna do this with you. And anything you're willing to share, Megan, you can, but you always, always, you know, have permission to keep it, <laughs> keep it more close to the chest. So shall we do our first question? Let's do it. So I want to start with common humanity. Who in my life allows me to feel held? And some of these questions might feel a little um, familiar if you've done the challenge. So I encourage you to think of think of someone who um, who's got your back. Someone caring who walks alongside you through the process, someone who you really feel like you can be your wholehearted self with, who you might be willing to even ask for help. And yeah, we do all need support sometimes. None of us can go it alone. So if it's if you have someone who's in your life right now, great. And even if they're imperfect, <laughs> that's okay, name them. And if not, you can maybe imagine an ancestor or a spiritual figure or a mentor, or even like a fictional character who, it, who feels like a compassionate and supportive being in your life. So for me today, I'm, for this exercise, I'm gonna use my best friend. I really feel like she's got my back and I can be myself with her. And we've known each other 30 years at least, more than 30 years, yeah. That's great. I also chose um, some of my best friends that uh, I feel like I've really leaned on um, this past year a lot and they are also a group of people who have seen me, you know, at my best and maybe my not so best and uh, are still, are still with me. <laughs> still there, right. You know, that, that unconditional support is really great. 
so that's what we're looking for. Um, and if you feel like you don't really have that unconditional support in your life, uh, know that you're not alone with that either. Right? Um, many of us have times when we feel that way. So imagine and really create this, like, like I said, like this character, <laughs> a fictional character. Um, it could be a spiritual figure in your life or, um, or an archetype, right? Someone that really, um, that symbolizes that feeling of unconditional support who you can imagine they have your back. And many of us do use ancestors for this. So I have, um, I have visualized my grandmother. That's one, you know, she's been gone a very long time. Doesn't matter. All right. So we want to have that. someone that's kind of walking alongside us before we go to the next step. I would say too that, um, like if I were choosing a, an archetype or a spiritual figure, um, I would probably choose Ischel, um, the uh, sort of goddess of, she's, she's the, like the goddess of birth and also of, um, she's also the crone and she like kind mm. of has all these different roles and she's also a jaguar like she's oh my god i need to know more about her <laughs> she's all these things and um uh is connected to other belief systems in uh mexico and and central america that pulls on a bunch of different traditions but she's the one that I for me sometimes i think of uh obi-wan kenobi uh, i love that yeah <laughs> And, um, and I also think of Lakshmi. So she is similarly this, um, this archetype, uh, feminine archetype who uh, is, she symbolizes abundance. And I feel sort of like I can rest back into that like nur nurturing and bountiful place. I like that. Right. So here's next. What am I struggling with that no one would know by looking at me? I'm just going to give us each a minute to consider that. This might not be the kind of thing you usually do on Facebook Live, but <laughs> I wanted to try it out. So, um, yeah, what am I struggling with that probably no one would know by looking at me or people don't norm don't really kind of think of. But maybe that that compassionate other, that best friend or or that that being who would walk alongside you and would see you just as you are and accept you and hold you just as you are. Maybe they they know about that. I'm going to go first again because <laughs> okay. I feel like it makes, you know, kind of makes people feel safer. Um, I don't know, maybe. Hopefully it makes you feel safer. 
if I go first. So, so the thing that comes up today is, um, is rage, anger. Mm. Um, I get this from my students a lot that like, they think I'm kind of this peaceful person. <laughs> and uh, I come across, I think I come across that way. And, you know, underneath there's, there's often a lot of um, anxiety and, and I, I can be quick tempered sometimes. I've worked on it, but yeah, my anger is still, is still there brimming at times. So you might not know that by looking at me. No, but I appreciate it. There's, there's things to be angry about, so. Oh, the injustice of the world, but I'm not mm -hmm. even just talking about that. I'm talking about when like someone puts something in the wrong place in the kitchen. You know? oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it's it, that that angry monster comes up a little little quickly. <laughs> when I and that's do why that, the self care has to happen. You know? I was gonna say when I when I do that and my kids notice, they're like, "Mom needs mom's hangry. Mom needs to eat." You know, they they already know like, "Oh, mom mom needs to take care of herself." You know. <laughs> Hangry. <laughs> That's why I'm so it's so easy to recognize in my in my kit. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, she does. Um, what I put down, and I think probably a lot of us, um, as parents, uh, and especially as parents of kids with of atypical kids, kids with special extra things going on, I sometimes struggle with trusting trusting my inner knowing, like trusting that I will know what to do. Um, it's hard. And uh, yeah, that's something I'm working on. But. Yeah. All right, let's go to the next question. Thank you for sharing that. So that was a struggle and this is a feeling, right? So it's a little different. There's no, there's not, doesn't have to be a story behind it. It's just the raw feeling. And what we'll see if we can get to is that, you know, without the story about the kitchen or the injustice of the world, what is the anger? Like, what's it like, right? What am I trying not to feel? Yeah, I'm trying not to feel angry. I definitely judge my anger. Um, just as an example, I judge it and that makes it bigger. It doesn't make it smaller to judge it and to try and stuff it down, right? It makes it bigger, unfortunately. I'm going to try to say yes to it and just really let myself acknowledge that that's how I'm feeling and say yes to the anger. It's a really big mind shift, mindset shift to let yourself be in a place where you can let yourself feel the feelings, right? Um, because I think our society often demands that we just keep moving um, without letting us have space to just feel the yeah. feelings. Because once we feel take... them, we can move through them. Mm -hmm. yeah. It does take a little space, a little spaciousness and a little trust, right? Right. And I would encourage anyone who's listening, if you haven't done this before, don't choose the most triggering feeling. Don't. Something that really pushes your buttons, 
you can you can say no to that one and pick up a different one and just say yes to that one. So is there a feeling, Megan, that you're willing to say yes to? Imperfection. Okay. Yeah. Why don't you read the next one? Mm. So where do I feel this feeling in my body? Oh, that's another thing that we also have to sometimes give pause and really, where do I feel? What, what am I feeling in my body right now? And I just want to acknowledge that this takes practice. It's not the kind of thing that happens first time. First time you you think about it. I mean, if you're someone who's really done a lot of embodiment practices, not just yoga, but other kinds of embodiment practices, it might be easier, but it might not. I think for me, where I feel that sense of I called it imperfection, but it's kind of like the fear of inadequacy, you know? Um, and I'm thinking, you know, uh, about specifically as a, as a parent, but that could apply to mm -hmm. anything. Um, I think for me, in my chest, like up here in my chest, and then across my back, like, yeah. Like, oh no, what if I'm not enough? Not enoughness, yeah. Mm -hmm. And it, the burden of, um, of responsibility of, um, of advocating for our kids is a lot. So I don't know, as parents navigating the the system that's really built to to keep us out, <laughs> right? um, it's it's built to to say no, to deny to to a great extent. You know, I don't know if we're ever going to feel adequate to to surmount that. And I'm saying that from a place of a lot of privilege, right? So yeah. it feels insurmountable sometimes. Um, for me, where do I feel it in my body? And I'm still going with the anger because I'm still willing to say yes to that for now. Um, I would say the pit of my belly. It's kind of like um, mm -hmm. right below my rib cage, but deep. And then my jaw. My jaw mm. holds a lot of my uh, resistance, resistance to having things be the way they are, right? There's a lot of like... <laughs> that kind of feeling. Pushback, Why? yeah. Why? <laughs> no. So, I mean, we can laugh about it, but it's real, right? This yeah. is like these things happen are happening in our bodies, whether we're doing the self inquiry work or not. They're there. We just don't notice them. We carry them around like burdens. Mm -hmm. So, just so you know, you're not creating this. I know you know this, Megan, but I just want to put it out there. You're not creating this discomfort. It was already there. You're just giving it a little space now. So if you want to put a hand on that spot, you could, you know, maybe. And just um, we're not we're not trying to get rid of it, right? We're just putting a hand there to acknowledge it and to be, kind of befriend, befriend that mm -hmm. feeling in your body. And what's that? What's that phrase, Kate? Uh, name it. Name it to tame it. 
name it to tame it. Thank you. Yeah, name it to tame it. Like once you name it and you're aware, then you can catch it. Like, oh, I'm feeling that feeling. What is that yeah. telling me about what's happening right now? True. And sometimes it's um, it comes to me top down. Like I feel the stress. I acknowledge the feeling, and then I sense it in my body. But sometimes it comes to me bottom up. Oh my God, I'm gritting my teeth again. That really hurts. Am I angry about something? What am mm -hmm. I angry about? And I go to the story, and then, you know, like it sort of comes bottom up. Does that make mm -hmm. sense? Yep, totally makes sense. Again, I think it takes practice, but that's where I'm at right now. Where I can do that. It's um, like little windows into. Mm -hmm. that you can look through oh. right the main thing is the main thing is the willingness to look through that window yeah because so often we're like pull the curtain down <laughs> yeah. well because there's the the don't look behind the curtain <laughs> that if we start looking we might go down a rabbit hole we can't get ourselves out of but that's, but that's why we need that guide that compassionate yeah. one holding who has our back right walking alongside us has our back sees us in our wholeness, even if we're in the mess, right? Even when we're, we're, we're acting in a way or feeling in a way that we don't see as the ideal parent. Um, everyone feels inadequate as a parent sometimes. Everyone feels angry as a parent sometimes. These are not, uh, these are not isolated to us, right? We're not the yeah. only ones feeling this, right? <laughs> Right. We're not. Absolutely. Yeah. Which is so important to remember because a lot of times we do feel very isolated. In yeah. The perceived negative emotions of parenting. Yes. So, yeah, my hope is um as as we each acknowledge our challenges we we understand that we're not alone in them that is so important to understand we're not alone in them and then if we can try just for that moment to not push away those feelings and to see where they're they're living in our bodies and and breathe with it and breathe with it um then i'll take us to the next question Here's question number five. What would I say to my close friend if they were feeling this way? So there are a couple ways of looking at this. You could think of your a dear friend or that compassionate other. If they were feeling this way, what you would say to them or if you're thinking of like an ancestor or a mentor or a wise, you know, your wise self or this fictional Obi-Wan Kenobi maybe, um, what would they say to you? I think Obi-Wan would say, Master Luke, use your force. Use the force. Yeah. <laughs> Trust yourself. Right. Yeah. Trust yourself. You've got this. And and you're enough. You're yeah. enough. Yeah. And we can have a little dialogue with the feeling, right? What is the feeling trying to tell us? So anger is often about 
yeah, like feeling that there's injustice and a little feeling of like resentment about feeling powerless, at least for me, right? Mm -hmm. So when I listen to my anger um, and try and find out what it's, you know, what it has to tell me and also ask it what it needs from me. It might be the hangry situation. It might just need, mean I need to, you know, have some carbs <laughs> or protein, you know. Um, but there might be something underneath, underlying, you know, or is there a boundary that I need to set? And, you know, sometimes yeah. my anger will actually tell me that. Sometimes my best friend will tell me. <laughs> yeah, you, you're doing too much, you know, or that really wasn't fair and that wasn't right. And, you know, it's justifiable to be angry. Don't, don't judge yourself for being angry. So that's me. That's sort Sometimes of... even just asking, are you okay? Mm -hmm. That's a and, really good one. Yeah. And being able to answer that is really telling right can tell you about the feelings of anger or inadequacy or because it could be something else or I know yeah. that I have I have yelled at times at my kids because I seemed angry but I was actually feeling inadequate you know that there are yeah. there are all those layers we can we can dig down to but um that's that's definitely something a a, a best friend or a grandmother would say are you okay and then the main thing is once we ask that, right, we allow ourselves to hear that, like that any answer is an acceptable answer. It's okay to not be okay. <laughs> yeah, it's okay to not be okay. To, to feel like we won't, by being imperfect, that we won't be shut out, that we still belong. Um, I really feel like this is such an essential for parents of, atypical kids of differently wired kids to um, to get to to internalize that like things aren't gonna be perfect but they're not perfect for anyone anyone mm -hmm. parent non-parent you know but it just can feel a little more messy a little more um, dysregulating and a little a little more isolating when um, our parenting experience isn't isn't reflected around us. So, yeah, maybe let's try that. Let's just pause and, and ask that feeling. Be the be the wise self or the ancestor. Are you okay? and avoid or or watch out for the reflexive yeah i'm okay you know like it's such I'm a fine. reflexive thing you know <laughs> go beyond that and see if you can find an answer that feels really true for you I think my answer right now is that I am okay because it is okay to be struggling with what's perfectly imperfect. Um, mm. And it, it is okay to have the ups and downs 
in our parenting journey. Yeah, yeah. And um, for me, with the anger, I think to to say to to myself, it's okay, it's okay because um, modeling setting boundaries and holding boundaries is actually something that benefits more than just me. You know, mm. it may feel selfish, but it is not, and it's an important thing to teach our kids that we all are allowed to have boundaries. Definitely, definitely. So this is where we pause, breathe in that sense of comfort, whatever words of comfort you might have come to on your own, right? It's gonna be so much more powerful and beneficial to you if those words come from inside rather than from, from me or anyone else. Okay. Um, do you feel like we need something to ground us after that? What do you think, Megan? Um, I, I actually feel pretty grounded in feel this good. moment right now with just the yeah. affirmation of I am perfectly imperfect. Um, Beautiful, yeah. Um, but I'm happy to stay on with you if you wanna do a, a practice. I just, wanna wanna, I just wanna remind parents to, you know, you can stay present in this moment, trust that all's gonna be well, even if you're not doing all the parenting things every moment of every day, you might pause every once in a while and really let yourself kind of be saturated or be, or be um, in a receptive place with that word or phrase. And the more often you do this, the more um, it creates a habit. Like we, we build up this muscle of self-compassion and, self, and willingness to do self-inquiry. It becomes easier and easier. Did you watch the Bright and Quirky Summit? One of the um, presenters, her name's Kristen Neff, and she is a researcher who is also a parent of an autistic kid. And her main thing that she researches is self-compassion. Oh. So she was saying that there have been about 3,000 studies already on the efficacy and the benefits wow. of self-compassion. And some of them have been with parents of autistic kids. And, um, and what they found is, and this might be surprising, to, when you've got a kid who they have a lot of challenges and needs and um, they really need a lot of your support, it can feel like your problems are bigger than people who, who whose kids have fewer needs and need less support, right? That seems yeah. pretty rational. Well, the studies that she was talking about have shown that that is not the case. The, the well-being of the parents who had more self-compassion, like natural self-compassion, was higher no matter what level of needs their child had. I found that really telling. Does that make sense, the way I explained it? I think so, because what you're mm -hmm. saying is that regardless of the, the situation. The child's but, challenges or the, the amount of support that the kid needs. Yes, mm -hmm. that the amount of 
self-compassion we show to ourselves as parents is not affected by that is and a that, bigger indicator the self-compassion yeah. is a bigger indicator of happiness and well-being that scale where we put ourselves along that you know kind of imaginary ladder of more needs lower needs more challenges yeah yeah and you know i don't know about you but day to day our challenges are different too but yeah there are parents who have to do a lot of things just to keep their kid alive right and i have a lot of compassion for that or to help their kid move around you know i have so much compassion for that i understand that that's not the same as having a kid who has trouble reading it's not the same and not but but and these studies show that no matter what self-compassion helps us feel that's better. amazing it is really cool isn't it i'm, so, I'm amazed there have been so many studies that yeah, I, i'm really surprised <laughs> um, yeah so there's a lot of efficacy in self-compassion and that's why you know i just keep bringing it bringing it back in and it's not as hard as it sounds it's really not right it's a simple process and this is one process doing self-inquiry there are other ways but thank you so much for going through this one with me today glad to do it with you thank you all um anyone who's listening i love hearing from you and i love your questions we would love to hear your questions about self-compassion about this self-inquiry process well, what you got <laughs> all right thanks so much bye Okay, parents, thanks so much for joining us. So in the show notes will be links. If you'd like to read the five questions to help parents develop self-compassion, you can do that on my blog. You can also see the YouTube video. I would love it if you felt called to leave us a five-star review and make sure that you're subscribed on Apple Podcasts. That helps other parents like us to find the show. Thanks for listening. Thank you for joining Mindfully Parenting Atypical Kids. I really appreciate you walking alongside me 